G'day everybody and welcome to the sixth episode of Expand, Chronicle Chambers Phantom Podcast. Uh, this episode we'll be looking at Phantom news that has come out between now and the last episode we did. And as always, I'm joined by Jermaine Parker. How's it going, Jermaine? Pretty good, thank you, Jeff. Everyone else, how are you going? I'm sure they're all going fine. So, um, this was, like I said, just be a short episode talking about news and so forth. Uh, I know that we said we would be doing another King's Watch episode, but the third issue has only just come out, so it's a bit late. And, of course, Christmas is coming up, so we just thought we'd do one short one um, before Christmas, and then we'll probably have a little bit of a, little bit of a break. Um, although we do have a very special episode planned for early uh, next year, which we will talk about soon. So I guess we may as well get straight into the news, seeing that's the main thrust of this episode. So, Jermaine, would you like to start off? What have you got for us? I think probably the, the most exciting one is um, the fruit covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably in the last couple of days, they've um, set off with you guys um, doing the 2014 annual cover sneak peek, I guess you want to call it. Yeah, that um, was really cool. And then there's also been um, the Instagram. Yeah, and then there's been the Instagram uh, profile as well that's been set up. Um, I really like the the, the, the annual cover. It, um, it's uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a rip off of the um, uh, one of the 1996 Phantom posters, um, and I think Antonio's done a really good job. Yeah, appropriation, Joanne. It's an appropriation, not a rip off. <laughs> All right, we'll call it that. I'll call it a rip off, but <laughs> no, it's, it's a very nice, nicely painted cover by Antonio Lemos. And, um, yeah, as Jermaine said, the picture we've got, up, we've got up on the website at the moment is a sneak peek. We don't know if it'll definitely be how the final product will look because if you have a look at the cover, you'll notice there's various things missing, such as the price of the issue. And also it doesn't list what stories are um, in the issue, and most of the annuals do, or at least list a couple. So changes probably will occur um, to that. Something I um, noticed, which I thought was rather interesting about it, which I didn't mention um, on the site itself, is the word Phantom. So the title of the comic is in blue instead of red, the traditional red, which works, obviously, for that cover, because if you had red on that cover, I think it would clash too much with the blues and the purples in the image. But I just thought that was kind of interesting that that they've done that. Yeah, I think that's what it might be. It might just be that the red clashed. Um, it's obvious that, and on some of the articles that um, Steve Shepard, the new uh, publisher, has released, it's obvious that he does have a keen eye for the... Yeah. Yeah, and the... the um, um, yeah. So I'm guessing that just, and just went with the... Yeah, I agree. But it's, it's interesting, like, I've noticed... Sorry. I've noticed with some of the other covers that have come out recently, there's definitely a lot more attention detail and a lot more um, uh, a lot more care in the covers, which I, f- which I think is a really good welcome change. Yeah, well, um, in the email that Steve sent me when he sent the uh, preview of the annual, he said that starting with the annual, um, which is issue uh, 1684, that Fru will be making um, an effort to produce better covers and they'll also be improving the paper stock of the issues as well. Now, um, 
he didn't say exactly what grade of paper stock they will be using, but he did say um, that they're making sure that the glossiness of the paper won't affect the kind of um, heritage feel of the comic. So it's not going to be so glossy that it doesn't feel like through anymore. So I'd say they're probably going for something somewhere between um, what we have now and like your really glossy magazine. So my guess would be that it's not going to look like a glossy Marvel and DC comic, but it might be similar to, say, um, a magazine that, although lots of magazines have um, very glossy paper, but some have more of a matte finish. So I'd say look, the pages would be more of a matte finish than a higher gloss. So that's good. That means the, the ink won't come off on your fingers when you're reading it. It also means that the comic will last a lot longer. It won't yellow and crack. So that's a really good thing to hear. Yeah, I, I'm encouraged by what by what we've seen so far, you know, including with Steve Shepard taking the plunge and doing it. Uh, the improvement of the covers pre-annual and then the covers that we've seen on his Instagram profile uh, post-annual as well. So I'm really encouraged by what I've seen. Yeah, and um, something I've noticed with, obviously, um, Steve being uh, very receptive to Chronicle Chamber when we contacted him, sending us the cover, um, also saying that he's going to be setting up a website, the Instagram account. It seems that Steve's very uh, much more technologically minded than his father was. Um, not, that's, not that that's a criticism of his father, but it's just with the world being so integrated with technology now, it's a very smart business move. So hopefully that means um, a closer connection between Fru and the reader base. And also it will happily, uh, sorry, it will hopefully mean that if fans do have any uh, criticisms, for lack of a better word, um, that Fru will actually listen to them, which as we all know, was not something that happened during Jim's day um, because for a long, long time people were moaning the uh, quality of the paper particularly, but also the covers, and it always fell on deaf ears. So hopefully this is something of a turning point for the company. Definitely, definitely, definitely encouraging. I guess it's a good, um, I guess it's a good segue to talk about the annual that is, that is coming up, that it's been released, I think it's the 16th. Of January, which uh, just be after Christmas. Yeah, I do have the Christmas annual, but it's not. Uh, sorry, the Christmas special with the release date, but it's not here with me. So sorry, I can't double check that. Yeah, sixteenth of January. Cool. Oh, good. Well, that's not so, too long after the New Year. No, it's definitely. Um, I remember. I remember reading my first annual. Uh, getting from the news. Uh, the news uh, agent. It was one one two five. Um, it was a black one with him punching on it, and um, it was my sister's birthday, and, uh, and I was only a kid then, but it was much more uh, enjoyable reading the annual than running around with stupid, uh, stupid <laughs> girls with girl germs. So <laughs> it's my it's my favourite memory of the annual. Very cool. I'm not sure what my um, first annual was, to be honest. I remember, hmm, I remember getting the. 96 annual, which you just mentioned, the one with him punching. Um, but I'm, I'm not actually sure if that's the first one I ever bought. I might have bought 
the one before that I had it given to me. I'm honestly not sure. But um, yeah, that's that's my first memory of it anyway. Yeah, I, I, what I like about it was the fact that, you know, it, it had story. well, for me, it had stories that I hadn't read before. I had the mixture of the, of the classic newspaper ones with the European ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had a, it had them both for, you know, if you're an old classic type of person or, you know, a younger one who likes the, the newer American style comics that you know it had that as well it had that free giveaway which was the little card the little gimmick um oh, yes. you know which which you know makes you want to go buy you know the the cards um it was just a really good um it was a really good memory and i i'm looking forward to this annual yeah i probably haven't been looking forward to uh the free annual for for quite a while before probably the last one i was probably half excited about was when they, um, I think it was the 2000 one, where they put, where they released all of the old uh, Ray Moore stories. In the oh, one yes. Story. Yeah, that was a good issue. Um, I actually, probably, yeah. Sorry, keep, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, that was probably the last annual I was excited about getting. Yeah, well, the last annual I actually bought, I stopped buying them a couple of years ago, was the 2010 annual number. Um, 1560, I think it is. Yeah, 1560 was the last one I actually bought because, as, as you said, they kind of, in the early days, they kind of mixed up the stories. But then around, I don't know, the early 2000s, I might have started with um, with that Ray Moore one, actually, that you, that you mentioned. Um, they just keep kept repeating all these old Lee Fork stories, which is great for... Um, for people that haven't read them, but having read The Phantom as long as we have, we had several copies of some of those stories. And again, that old argument of the covers being not great, um, the paper stock being not great, I, I just didn't see the mon- monetary value in them. Like, I'm looking at the, at the front cover of um, the 2010 special at the moment, and it's, again, painted by Antonio Lemos, but the Phantom just looks, no offence to Antonio Lemos, as an artist, I know everyone has dodgy days, but his face is completely out of proportion. His chin is just huge. His bottom lip's really off. Um, but then you have a look at the back cover, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's this great painting of the Phantom smiling, showing off the two rings. Um, why they didn't switch those two covers around, I do not know. Um, maybe they couldn't figure out how to make it work with all the text and stuff they wanted to include on the cover, but it's a huge shame. So, yeah, that was kind of, I guess, the breaking point for me with the annuals. I just went, no, nah, I'm not going to spend the money on these anymore. But, yeah, so this, for me, too, is the first time in a long time I've been excited for an annual. Yeah, I think everyone's going to buy a few. I know um, I was talking to Antonio a few weeks ago, and he said that this annual is going to be quite special, so... With what I've seen so far, um, yeah, I think he is on the mark and it is going to be interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see what the stories are as well. Mm. Um, hopefully we get a mixture of the Lee Fort classics and a mixture of, you know, the European, you know, the European ones. Yeah, hopefully, because there are a lot of European stories that Fru haven't printed yet. So it would be nice to get some of, some of those in there or even some older European stuff that, 
we haven't seen for a long, long time. Like um, the one where where the Phantom visits the Outback. Is it Black Gold? I think it's called. It was in one of the previous annuals, I think. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Woolard Shoes Secret or something. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know in some of the stories after the annual, there's it's the Rose of Cario, um, which is a two-part series where um, he goes to Egypt, which is quite a good story. I think the last time it was published was in the 19, was in nine, 900 and something. So I think yeah. that was in the 80s. So, yeah, so now I'm looking forward to this annual. Um, um, you know, the, from memory, I, I, I once saw a list of all of the Egmont stories that hadn't been published. Um, and there was probably, this was going back probably 10 years, and there would have been, you know, a good, a good couple, you know, probably about 100-odd stories that hadn't been published mm. by Frew. But then you've you've also got all the other stories, you know, that were done by you know by the Italian and French creators, even the German creators, and um, even Brazil released, you know, released a couple of standalone creative stories. And um, yeah, so you know, there's a lot of stories that might not have good artwork, but even if you just included one or two of them in the annual as a um, uh, as a special. It, you know, I, I I know I would be you know very interested and very excited to um uh, to see that. Yeah, I, I remember um one of one of um the fans, Paul Andreas, who's been um a fan for a long time, said that the Team Phantom and Panto Men actually did a story that um I think if I remember this correctly, it went for several uh several issues worth, but they actually released it in one volume. So, oh, is that Heart of Darkness? Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, you see I, something like that would be great. Mm, I've got the Swedish version of that. It ran over four issues. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, that's only, what, maybe a quarter of an annual? So you could have that as you kind of sweep. I, I, think, it's, I think it's about 300 pages all up because they were like 100, oh, page, 100 oh, pages. Okay. Yeah. So initially the story went for like they published like two or three pages per issue over like two or three years for memory, wow. and then they released it um, in in a special which ran in a special issue which ran over four issues. Now I've dropped that name to Steve a few times, and um, he's been pretty cagey in his response to me about that initial story. So mm-hmm. maybe. He's, um, you know, maybe he is looking at that and he wants to keep us all in suspense about that story. But I think it was voted as one of the best stories or something. So Yeah, I remember Paul saying that. Yeah. Um, well, I've got it in Swedish. I can't read Swedish. I struggle with English <laughs> as it is. Um, but from what, from looking at the pictures and, and, you know, judging the story by the pictures and from what I've been told, I would be very interested and very yeah. excited to see it in a free cover. Yeah, it would be good. Um, the annuals are usually around the 250 to 300 page mark, so they mightn't want to put the whole story in one annual because, you know, they'd be your folk purists who would have a bit of a complaint about that. But breaking it up into half, maybe having half of an annual for that and the rest of it, old folk stories, and then putting the second half in um, the, the next issue. Well, yeah, the next year's annual I think would be really good because that would not only – um, have people buying that 
first annual because it's a new story, but it also guarantee a good majority would buy the next one. It, it just to complete that story. Yeah, definitely. But um, um yeah, we, yeah. We, see, we should we should be partners with Steve in this. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, might have to put that in your next email to him. Yeah, well, I've I've dropped hints that he should listen to the podcast. I don't know if he does, but <laughs> hi, Steve, if you do. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he really enjoys sitting around listening to blokes telling him how to do his job for two hours or an hour and a half, however our longest one has gone for so far. Yeah. I think the other interesting news that's come out, just moving on a little bit, is the uh, is the steampunk um, yes. adventure from Dynamite. Now, I probably will let you discuss this because I, from the conversations I've had with you, you are a little bit more of a fan of this genre. Um, I'm looking at the costume and... Um, Yes, I must admit I have a bit of an issue with people fiddling with the costume too much. Yeah. Like I can understand, you know, in the olden days he would have a sword instead of a gun, or you know, a sword and a gun, Um, and even those, you know, those big long boots with the little suspenders to the belt that they, you know, they wear and stuff. But this looks like he's got a, uh, you know, a um. Looks like he's got some loose bagging pants on, or he's got you know a big butt, um, <laughs> and then he looks like he's wearing a uh, a Wallowitz, um style skivvy. Yeah, yeah, I can I can understand people's uh, trepidation, I guess, um, about the costume, but we should remember too that these are sort of at, at the moment they're concepts. We don't know if this is how the final costume is going to. Um, appear in the book um, while it's not completely related on a slightly related note when DC did their um, new 52 thing and they were promoting it Wonder Woman appeared in long pants and then she appeared in um, like a dress thing and then when the issue finally came out it turned out they'd reverted back to her star-spangled undies so while this is what we're seeing at the moment it's not necessarily what will be in the um, in the final issue? And oh, and I've just realised that the little full picture we've got on the website isn't actually clickable for some reason. So I apologise for that. I'll try and fix that up so everyone can see the larger version. But um, anyway, I kind of like it. I think it looks a little bit like he's wearing a kind of weird S and M outfit. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you like it. <laughs> Yes, well, I do. I, I do consider myself rather, you know, open to these things. But um, yeah, I, I do kind of like it. But there's bits I, I don't like. I don't think that the arms should be um, black. Um, all the bottom of the legs. You can see there. Originally, when I looked at it, I thought that um, the boots went all the way up to his um, thigh, but that's not the case. If you look at it closely, you'll see the boots only go about halfway up the calf. And then the yeah, costume that's what itself... I as well. Yeah, it's the costume itself that's that's black. So I'm not sure why they've done that. It's like he's um, run out of uh, purple fabric or... Yeah, exactly. Or, or purple berries in the jungle to dye the rest <laughs> of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why they've done that. It kind of looks like a change for change's sake. Um, I do like the the gold belt and the um, gold cuffs around the 
around the hands because, as we know, the Phantom sort of has those stripes on, on his costume and it makes it um, very much a kind of steampunk version of that. And the goggles, I think, are great. They're very much a steampunk thing as well. But I do think they need to remove that black because I think that's what's making it look like the S&M outfit that I, um, that I mentioned. Now, um, yeah, it, it seemed when I posted it on... Uh, Facebook and Phantom Collector, oh, a couple of people weren't really sure what to make of it. They didn't really know what Steampunk was. Um, I did put a brief description of Steampunk on the website with this article. Basically, it's a kind of spin-off genre from science fiction, um, uh, except it's very much everything in the world, so all the technology is powered by steam. So if you can imagine kind of... Uh, the Matrix mixed with Victorian England, that's kind of what you're looking at. If you've seen the films, and I think I mentioned this in the post, Wild Wild West with uh, Will Smith or Back to the Future 3 at the end where Doc Brown has turned the train into the time machine and there's all these things spinning and um, the steam coming out of it, that's kind of what steampunk is. It's, it looks very Victorian in style of dress, um, and often they're set in big metropolis type, not tr- metropolis as in Superman, but just giant cities um, where things are very uh, dark and grim. Um, but there's always that underlying sort of hope more so than there is in, say, your cyberpunk, which again is like the Matrix. So it's kind of a so, combination of things. So it's kind of like uh, modern day London, you know? Very yeah. dim and grim and still believing that they're going to win the Ashes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so it, it's a very unique type of um, world that steampunk adventures live in. And if you've never come across it before, it would be quite, um, I think, quite different to anything you'd seen. So I can understand why people, some people sort of went, whoa, I don't know what to make of this. But um, steampunk is actually very, very popular subculture. There's kind of like the, I guess, I guess goth and... Um, cosplay subculture there's a lot of people that will dress up in steampunk now for various conventions and things like that i haven't done it myself because it's too bloody expensive but some of the costumes and things do look very cool but that's just a um a very basic idea of what steampunk is i think the phantom fits well in that genre because you know the phantom the phantom legend is 400 500 years old yeah. So it's a very um, uh, it's a character that can fit, I guess, in almost any um, uh, in any genre. And even if you look at Team uh, Egmont, they've even done it in uh, you know medieval times as well, exactly. several times. So I guess that's the beauty about the Phantom is that we are going to get those different types of. Um, of stories or of genres. I, again, I'm going to be a bit like the King's Watch, where I guess I just I'll get the seven issues so that way I can read the story as one, even mm-hmm. if the, even if the Phantom's only in a few of the issues, yep. uh, and then I guess I'll make my uh, I guess I'll make a judgment at the end of it, and I guess we can probably do a King's Watch similar thing where we you know review it as we go. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, a couple of people said on Chronic, uh, sorry, not Chronicle Chamber, or on our Facebook page that the Phantom might only be in one or two issues. 
That may be the case. We don't know. But I would be very surprised if by the end of it, um, all the heroes don't come together to fight, you know, the big baddie at the end. Um, for those that haven't read the story yet, basically what the series does is it brings together a lot of Dynamite's um, licensed characters. So obviously the Phantom, uh, the Shadow, Green Hornet, uh, Vampirella, and a few others, and puts all of them into the steampunk setting. And then the hero or the main character of the story, whoever they may be, uh, has to fly around the world visiting each of the heroes that help help that character on whatever quest it may be that they're on. So, yeah, I'd be very su- surprised if they don't all come together by the end of it and take part in the big fight, which there is sure to be. Definitely. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I guess any, any new fandom stuff is good. Yeah, indeed. Because... You know, um, Go on to the next how it thing. goes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure it'll be successful. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess Chronicle Chamber's got a new layout of their website. I guess yes. that's worth, worth mentioning. Yes, we do. We've completely rejigged um, the website. I did that over a couple of days uh, to try and make it more... Uh, user-friendly, I guess. I was I felt that the, the previous layout was a bit cluttered and a bit um, poorly designed, I guess. Over time, you so, sort of accumulate. It's like a house, really, a website. You start to accumulate all this crap, and at some point, you've just got to step back and go, right, what do I need to get rid of? So, yeah, we gave her a new, a new layout, made it a bit more um, visually interesting, made the, uh, the news items more prominent so it all pops out at, at the view, viewers a bit more and um, yeah hopefully just generally made it a more interesting place to visit so yes I'd like to yeah. thank, like to thank um, Lindsay Walker for giving me some design ideas for the site she had a bit of a look over it so helped me fix a few things yeah I, um, I can't view this site at work because I work for the government and certain sites are banned. Um, <laughs> yeah. We should probably then, explain that to our international listeners. Um, yeah. The Australian yeah. government has put in place for any business that is related to the government, so um, schools, uh, various, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, councils and stuff like that. And where is it again you work, Jermaine? Sorry. Uh, I work for the Department of Health. In there you go, the Department of Health. So any government-run agencies have this special, uh, I guess, net nanny type program installed, and any website that is accessed it checks it for various, um, I suppose, keywords or um, tags, and if it finds them, then labels it inappropriate. And we don't know what it is, but something on chroniclechamber.com has upset the government regulation net nanny. So, yes, neither Jermaine or I can access the website at work, which I find incredibly funny, to be honest. Yeah, must be looking at all the um, S&M stuff, huh? Yeah, exactly. Bloody dynamite. Oh. <laughs> um, but I like I like the site. Um, I like the fact that the news is the most prominent. Um, I think that's, that's why you come to the site, is to get the latest news, and um, 
I think it does that quite well with the uh, three-column layout. Um, so, yeah, no, I think you've done a good job. No, oh, thank you. And, um, yeah, we've still got all the other important stuff there. So you've got your latest comics. You can see at a glance what the newest issues to be added to the site are, and you can listen to the latest X-Men episode right there from the site. And something new that we've added um, that I really want, want to mention is just under the um, podcast player we have coming community events now um as you probably know if you've been visiting the site for a little while or listening to the x-band there's been a lot of stuff within the larger fan of community going on and um, we've had two exhibitions well one next year with um bradley's exhibition at albury and um a few other things happening so i thought it would be good to make uh that more prominent so we've got coming community events there right in the side panel you can just click on that and be taken directly to all the information um, for that event but if you want to look at other events either past ones or more upcoming stuff just hover your mouse over the fan community item in the um, menu and click on events in the drop down menu and you'll be taken to it all so yeah if anybody does have any upcoming fandom community events that they'd like to promote just contact us and I'd be happy to Chuck anything you've got going on up on the website, because I think the com- the community needs to be supported in whatever uh, whatever things that they're doing. So, yeah, definitely, that's good. Um, another cut. There's a few been. Uh, the, the, let me try that again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's been a few uh, collect- collectible news and stuff. Like there's the Casual Friday figurine that has uh, finally come out. Yes, yes, um, it has finally come out, and I dropped the ball on that one. I um, knew it was coming out, but it sort of came out at a time where I was finished up work and was very busy, so I didn't actually end up getting it up on the site, so I do apologise for that. But I think everybody knew about it by that time anyway, so everyone yeah, seems to have one. Yeah, the purple one. Yeah, the purple one, I, um, I haven't got mine yet. I've got a purple and a red one. Um, it's my Christmas present. Okay. And so it's wrapped up under the tree. Um, can't get it yet. But I saw <laughs> a purple one at um, the comic book shop yesterday. So I had a I had a good look at it, and um, it's 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 an impressive figurine. It is really nice, isn't as well. it? Yeah. Like it's only twenty dollars. Um, or if you can, you know, get it cheaper if you're a comic book shop, or if you know a distributor or something like that, you can probably get it even cheaper. But twenty dollars for a figurine, it's it's, it's pretty good. Um, you can get it online. There's several places you can get it online. There's um, Limitless Visions, which is the Australian distributor. Um, there's various comic book shops. Uh, you can probably get it straight from Casual Friday as well, which is, um, I think, the main distributor. Yep, and there's also them. been, yeah, there's also been some on uh, eBay as well. So I know um, I, um, I know Kings Comics in Sydney have them. If um, anybody's Interest anybody in the Sydney area wants to grab one? Yeah, I know the comic book shop in Canberra has a couple, and I know the one in Perth as well. Uh, Quality Comics have um, have a couple as well, which is the one I went to yesterday. Um, so I would recommend everyone if you've got you know a spare twenty or thirty bucks to um, you know, including shipping, to get it. It's worth getting. Um, oh yeah. Now there is a red one, which is. So to every 50 purple ones, there's one red one. Um, and I know there's been quite a lot of competition amongst some uh, fans to try and get 
a red one or two red ones. Um, and they usually, if you can get one, uh, they usually go for at least twice as much as the purple one. Um, I know a few people that have got a few people that have gotten them cheaper, but most people pay uh, at least double the amount of, as a purple one. But I was impressed with them, and um, I think they definitely deserve a shout out for what they've for releasing it. Um, yeah. Unlike the other, unlike some of these other guys that have uh, teased people with uh, a figurine lately and haven't produced. Yeah, yes. Well, we won't get into that too much because everyone we don't want to start a bitch fest. But um, yes, <laughs> the Casual Friday one. I think some people were a little bit worried that the same thing might happen because it has been a long time coming. But now it's finally here. It's definitely worth the wait. It's um for anyone that hasn't got one yet. It's about three inches tall, which is uh, seven point six centimeters. It's not, uh, I guess you would say, a traditional uh, style of Phantom figure in that, um, while it still is very, very much the Phantom, they haven't changed the costume or anything, but they've stylized it. It looks like, uh, how would you describe it? Maybe if Pixar was to design the Phantom for a movie, that's how they would have him look. Um, it's very, it looks uh, like very much an animated style. Um, animated cartoon style, but it looks gorgeous. The detail is great. You've got both rings. Um, the gun's got great detail on it. Same with the holsters and the belt buckle. Um, it's very, very nice. I actually got two of the purple ones, one to put up on display, which is on my shelf at the moment, um, and one to keep good in in a box. And that's actually the only figurine I've ever done that with. So, um, yeah, that's how how nice I think they are. But unfortunately, the packaging is nice as well. Yeah, the packaging is really good. It's got um, it's it's very bold. It's got a mixture of Moonstone uh, artwork on the front, and then on the back it has. I'm actually not familiar with the artwork on the back. I have seen it before, but I'm not 100% sure where it's from. It's a big sort of portrait of the Phantom, um, and then it gives you some information about the character as well. But it's it's very nicely. Done and it is sold as a collectibles figure. It's not for kids. It actually says on the box collector ages 14 and up. So this is specifically for the collectibles market, which is why it's a little bit more expensive than just you know your toys at Big W or whatever. Definitely. Now there's been a new Bradford ring. Have I heard that correctly? Yes, there's a brand new um, gold good mark ring from Bradford. Um, I'm just looking up. Okay, so it's like most <laughs> Bradford things. It's not cheap. It's 179.96 Australian dollars. Um, but again, as Bradford generally does, they have payment plans. Um, I think for that it's two, um, two payments, I believe. Now, the ring is, um, as I said, it's it's gold. It has a bed of black onyx on the face, on the top of which um, the good mark sits. So the good mark's kind of uh, not not embossed, um, the opposite of embossed, where it comes out. I can't think of the name. That's that's disgusting. I'm an art teacher. I should know this. But um, yeah, it it comes out of the of the onyx, and then on the inside of the band is um, embossed the man who cannot die. And it looks like inside the letters is gold onyx as well, just going off. Ah, uh, sorry, black onyx going off the um the picture. 
but it does look very, very beautiful. It's a men's ring, um, 24 karat gold plating. So it's not all gold, but it's 24 karat, karat gold plating. Um, oh no, sorry, I was incorrect about the payment options. You have 179.96 straight up, or four instalments of 44.99. So those are your options if you want to get one. What about what about um, you, Jermaine? Are you going to get one? You usually pick up a lot of the Bradford stuff. Um, I got the silver watch for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very impressed with the silver watch. Personally, I actually prefer it than the gold one now. Looking at oh, the yeah. two of them together, um, I don't actually have the the other the other ring either. Um, I, rings rings and clothes aren't my favourite collectible. That's fair enough. When it comes to the Phantom. I probably will get them eventually, but I'm not going to rush out and get them. I've just finished getting the uh, the twelve the ten medallion set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just finished that. Um, I've still got my payment payment options with the cuckoo clock. Cuckoo. Oh yes. Um, and I'm getting a couple of subscriptions that are in the new year. So once I get those subscriptions for um for some. Th- the Phantom Men, the, the Swedish version, and the comics review, then I might mm-hmm. look at getting the rings. But I'm not going to rush out to get the rings, I think. Fair enough. Yeah, um, I I don't mind rings at all. I, I quite like them. It's just this one's way too expensive at the moment. I have a couple of Phantom rings, um, I, and I don't... I don't wear them a heck of a lot, um, mainly because they're always so chunky, and chunky rings just get in the road, especially when you're um, at work and things like that. Um, but it is very nice. If I had the money, I'd definitely get this. But um, unfortunately, just at the moment, not having worked for the last couple of weeks due to being a casual teacher, I, I haven't got the money there. But um, it is very nice. Would you wear... Would you wear it if you got it though, Jermaine? Would you wear it to like the? No, I dinners? don't even wear a watch. I don't oh, even wear enough. a watch. Um, I wear my wedding ring, and that's about it. I have been umming and ahhing about wearing the silver Phantom watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I used to wear a watch, um, you know, when I was in the corporate corporate world, it's you know, it's a good idea to wear a watch because it makes you look like you you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> But since I've stopped working, or even, yeah, I haven't worn a watch for a couple of years now, so. Um, but I've been umming and ahhing about, about the uh, silver one, because I really did like the silver watch. It's um, it, it, it's very nice. Cool. But no, I wouldn't wear a, 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 a phantom ring. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just th- not me. That's fair enough. The only time I really wear mine is, um, is when we go to conventions or... Um or something like that. So, yeah, that's pretty much the only time I wear mine. Okay, so... Or King's Cross when you like get into a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, actually some... Um, and then there's also the Prince. Oh, yes, the Prince. Yes, I almost forgot about those. So, the Prince... Uh, uh, well, there's two. There's the Bradford ones, and then there's... Um, what's the name of the other company that's doing them? Um E and M design. Okay. Yeah, is that the Brad? Is the Bradford ones the villain? The villains? Yeah, the, the Bradford ones are the villains. Yeah, they're nice. I've got those. Oh, you do? Um, yeah, they're a little bit small for my liking. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I would have preferred them to be twice as big. Okay, so they're 20... It says here prints measure 29 centimetres high by 21 centimetres wide, so that's roughly the size of an A4 page. A little yeah. bit. A little bit less in the width. A little bit bigger. But, yeah. Um, yeah. They're nice. Um, they're nice designs by uh, Glenn Ford. Um, but I would have just preferred them if they were at least half the size bigger. But I got them, and I was like, my first thing was, oh, they're a bit small. Like, I, I thought they were going to be a little bit bigger. Because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, on a wall, they they kind of get lost. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, and then with these other ones, with the, what was the company again, sorry? Uh, E&M Design, which is a design company by a Phantom, designed by a Phantom fan, actually. He posted uh, about them on the Phantom Collector's Facebook page. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to buy them. Yeah. I'm, I'm ignoring about it. Like, I love the concept of using using them from uh, old Phantom stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the one with the Phantom going up the uh, the ship, which I think is Glenn Ford's. Yeah, that's cool. And I like the one where he's fighting um, the bearded dude on the side of the shark, on the shark tank. Yep. That's um, um, Lindsay's. That one's Lindsay's. Mm-hmm. But uh, the skull one where he's on the big skull, yeah. don't know about that one. And then the fourth one's, you know, the fourth one's nice, but I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. What were the the prices were the prices were reasonable. I think they were about forty dollars each and um, it's, sixty dollars for a signed one. It's a little bit less. It's thirty dollars just for the print, um, or forty five to have it signed, and then the shipping is fifteen dollars. Now I don't know if that's um, that shipping cost is just flat, so you you know you pay fifteen if you get one, or you pay fifteen if you get all four, or how that works. You'd have to contact E and M. Yeah. But that's the but that's what they've quoted anyway. So it was thirty dollars each. Yeah, thirty dollars for just regular print, or forty five dollars if you get them signed. So that's so if you you know if that's one hundred and twenty one hundred and thirty five dollars for all four, including shipping, mm. at a rough guess. That's not a bad price. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a pretty good price. And, you know, I probably will buy them, you know, especially because it's, a, you know, it's done by Phantom Fan. You know, you want to encourage them to, you know, keep producing Phantom stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and, and I, I believe they're going to be released on the new uh, Phantom's Vault website as well. Yep. Um, so I probably will buy them. But, again, I'll probably, especially because it's Christmas, um, I've got a, you know, there's the Phantom Museum coming up in um, February next year. I'm probably going, I'm probably not going to rush out and buy them because there's some other things that I want to spend my money yes. on. Well, um, we should mention too that at the moment, um, those prints from, e- from E&M are only available in Australia. They can't ship internationally. Um, I'm not 100% sure of the reason, but they have said that they're working on that. So in the future, um, international shipping probably will be available, but just at the moment, it's Australia only. Um, now, so on, wanted, sorry. Sorry, on the fans vault, you will be able to buy. Okay, cool. So uh, something I did want to ask you about these prints, Jermaine, is that 
all of them are supposed to be based on a um, important event or a, or a key event in the Phantom's history. So obviously you've got the Phantom embarking on, um, I assume it's the Singh Brotherhood ship there in the Glen Ford one, because you can tell he's got his gloves yeah. on, so that's obviously from the Singh Brotherhood. Um, now, from the Singh Brotherhood story, that's actually the first time you ever see the Phantom. Yep. Is him coming up a, up a boat. So I guess that is a key That is a key a moment, key, yeah. Key moment. Um, then you've got, as you said, fighting in the fish tank. Now, I believe that's also the Singh Brotherhood. Yes. Uh, or is that, yeah, because you've got Kabai Sang and um, Salah down the bottom there. Yep. Um, the third one where he's on the skull, I remember that story, but I cannot for the life of me remember the title of it. Now, don't, now, someone may be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Fishers of Men. Yes, because I remember him coming up on the skull, but I can't remember which story it was from. Cool. Well, if yeah, that, someone let us know if you know what it is. Now, the fourth one with the flyer, what is that from? I could not recognise that scene at all. Now, I think it's also, no, Diamond Hunters, I think it is, mm-hmm. where he's in a building with a, now, this is just going off my memory, and yep. so, again, someone please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's, uh, he's in a building in a little jungle outpost with a whole mm-hmm. bunch of criminals, rescues a chick like the Phantom does in natural style, and then mm-hmm. I think they set the place alight and it burns up and he kind of comes out of the ashes. Um, now, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe from memory that is the story. But, yeah, please correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it's, I think it's um, an interesting... Uh, an interesting idea to have a whole bunch of prints made of important moments in the Phantom's um, career. I hope they do more of them because there are so many, so many cool moments you, you could use. So hopefully we'll... I think if everyone buys one, like if they sell out, yeah, I think, they, you know, the chances are they will do more. Um, now, again, I've got heaps of posters and prints um, and they're not a huge... You know, they're not a huge collectible, a desirable collectible for me personally. But, you know, I am probably, you know, most likely going to go and buy and buy a set because, you know, one, you know, I'm addicted to collecting. Two, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, um, you know, I want to promote and I want to encourage, you know, Matt and the company and Glenn Ford and Lindsay and the, all these other guys who are, you know, who are, I guess are doing this on their own back. And so I, I believe if you know we should try and support them. Yep, I totally agree, and I'd love to get a set myself. Just um, as you mentioned before, at this time of year, money is um, money is tight. But if they're still available, once I'm once I'm in the money, I'll definitely definitely be picking up a set. Hmm. So um, I think that's all for the collectibles. What else have we got? Yes. Um, there's the new team Phantom uh, artist. Oh, yep, that's right. So, Bane Karak, is that how you pronounce his last name? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Okay, well, let's go with that then. Um, <laughs> so, for the first time since Sal Voluto made his debut in 2007, Team Phantom Man are bringing in a new Phantom artist by the name of Bane Karak. Um, he's a veteran comic artist 
uh, in Europe, and he's um, done work for Tarzan and um, a few other well-known characters. Uh, if you have a look on the on the Chronicle Chamber website, you'll see some examples of his work. Um, obviously, being a European artist, um, and I'm not—I don't have the greatest knowledge of European comics. I hadn't heard of him before, but his art's beautiful. It's really, really nice. I'm looking forward to his issues very much. Yeah, I've seen um, Andreas uh, posted uh, uh, the first page overnight. I believe oh, okay. it was on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I saw of there, it, it's very clean. Um, yep. It'll be interesting to see how it transfers to a free comic. Mm-hmm. Um, to me... Now, because the first, first as I look at it, I try and think of, okay, what artist does he remind me of? Um, and I could definitely see a bit of a, like a filming, you know, filming, uh style, like with the cleanness, with the, um, you know, not the not too over-the-top muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't really pick the, uh, I couldn't really pick an artist that he reminded me of um, my biggest issue with and this isn't an issue with them it's more of an issue uh, for us Australian readers is it looks beautiful in a Swedish or a Norwegian or even a, uh, a Finnish comic you know in colour mm-hmm. it looks beautiful but then once it gets transferred to black and white yeah like an artist that that does that I don't like in black and white is John Boyce. Yeah. But you have a look at his black and white artwork, and it's really really nice. But um, you know, going from colour to black and white, it's yeah, it's it, it loses a lot. Um, I've talked to Alex Saviak about this, and um, and he said that he's he. When he first got a fruit, it was one of the things that he noticed was that a lot of the detail of the art and stuff was lost, and it made and he wasn't even happy with the way his his drawings came out. Um, and I know he now spends a bit of extra time, so the story still looks good in a free comic. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like. Um, in a, in a free comic. It's good to see that some of the creators are looking after we poor Australians. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's not. Uh, and it's, yeah, it is. There's probably American fans going, at least you've had a comic for the last 50 years, you whinge and buggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the... Because Andreas um, originally posted the story on, on the Chronicle Chamber as well, and just looking at the artwork here, I actually got a kind of Cy Barry vibe from it, but for the same reason you mentioned, the clean lines and not um, having that overabundance of detail. So Now, yeah, that is not surprising because um, I have a sneaking suspicion that seeing everyone loves Sky Barry, a lot of people are suggested or and encouraged to have a Sky Barry, Sky Barry element to their uh, drawings. Oh, okay. So that's been 
a kind of mandate put down from the publishers, I guess. Um, I can't confirm that, but I would I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because you're right. There's a lot of sky barrenness with a lot of the artwork that we see. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. Well, um, yeah, his first through issue is oh, I did hear then issue number. I think it's it's either the second one after the annual or maybe the one after that. I'm uh, I can't remember now, but it's it's not long into the new year anyway. We'll we'll get his first issue here in Australia. So um, yeah, we'll be able to check that stuff out soon. Cool. Well, I guess we'll go on to the latest free comics, eh? Yep, why not? Okay, so... Uh, so the first one is 1680, which is The Black King. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a cover by Antonio. Um, Antonio's been, Antonio Lemos has been doing a lot of covers lately. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I've been enjoying to see. The story... Yeah, it, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I I have um, to admit this is this is going to sound bad, and some people probably won't probably won't like this. But I um I had a look at this in the newsagent because, as I said, I think last issue, ah uh, sorry, last episode, I haven't been buying every through issue for a long time now. I've just picking been picking up the ones that look interesting. And I looked at this and went, oh, it's a historical story, and I put it back on the shelf. Now, lots of people. <laughs> Um, well, at least a lot of Australian fans, or some Australian fans have issue with the historical stories, and I'm one of them, which I don't think we need to get into here. So, yes, I didn't pick this up. So I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on it. The art's nice. Like, you can't really fault the art. Um, mm. Just the story, like, to me, they try... And I think this is one of my biggest problems with the historical stories, is that they try and... Like, I don't know. It's like they try and pack too much in the historical story, mm. and and you can't read it to enjoy it because you've got to try and think. Okay, what was that guy's name? Now, how yeah. is he related? And don't I love history? I love history. That's one of my things that I really enjoy, and I enjoy reading a fandom comic. But from a, from a pure, I just want to read a fandom comic. You know, while during my lunch break at work or while I'm at the lights in the car or on the toilet. Um, <laughs> sometimes it can get a little bit heavy. And, yeah, the story didn't do it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a similar issue with the historical stories. I always feel that they're trying to deliver a historic lecture first and a Phantom Adventure second. And um, I admit that I am not the strongest reader in the world. Like, I can get through. I can read, you know, Lord of the Rings and things like that. But... Some of those names just I cannot pronounce, and yeah, I have the same thing. You read it and you go back and go, "Who was that?" And it just takes all the enjoyment out of it for me. Yeah. So. The Juicer's Keeper. Yes. Six eight one. Yes, I've actually read this. Finally, <laughs> a, a new comics segment that I've actually read something in. <laughs> now, what did you think of the cover? Ah, yes. Now the cover, I actually like the cover. It's not the greatest thing Antonio's ever done, and it's by far not the worst through cover, but um, I'm assuming the reason you mentioned particularly the cover is that um, Steve Shepard mentions in his message from the publisher that they debated about whether to use that cover because 
it makes the Phantom look a bit Captain America, America-like. Um, obviously because of the way he's throwing the shield, which of course is a Captain America thing. Um, we actually discussed this a little bit before we started recording, and until I read that from Steve, and I'm a big Marvel fan, I read a lot of Marvel comics, um, so yeah, I, before until I read that, I didn't even think of Captain America at all. I just went, oh yeah, it's a nice dynamic cover. It's about Medusa. Medusa's mythology has got a shield in it. He's thrown it around. It didn't even cross my mind at all. So, yeah, it didn't cross my mind either, I must admit. Yeah, however, having said that, I can understand why Fru might be wary of emulating character Captain America too much with, you know, the, the Marvel movies being so big now. But I think on the flip side, it could have also worked in their favour if someone, not knowing mm. who the Phantom is, but knowing who Captain America is, sees it and goes, oh, that kind of looks like Captain America. I might check that out. So yeah, but but it was interesting. I thought that he mentioned that, but no, I did I didn't think that at all when I first saw it. What? Yeah. What did you think of the story? Uh, the story I actually didn't mind. It's again, it's by far not the best story I've ever read, but it is also nowhere near the worst. It's very. Um, it actually reminded me a lot of reading comics from around the, particularly Marvel and, and DC comics from around the the 60s and 70s, where it's not a, an elongated story. It's not like, oh, the characters have decided they need to go to such and such a place. So you have several pages of them showing them getting on the plane, setting the plane up, taking off during the flight, landing, and then finally there, it's just, no, we've got to go here, and the next panel, they're there which um, I think it makes the beats of the comic move a lot faster and it makes it a very different reading experience. It's very uh, um, a compressed, I suppose, way of telling a story where they just get straight to the point. It's not all this intermittent dialogue and stuff, which I kind of appreciate because one of my pet hates um, as a comic reader is when a story arc goes, and this again is more something you experience with American um, publishers than you do with Australian Fru, but one of the things I hate the most is when you have a story arc that goes for six issues that could easily have done in three if they got rid of all the crap. So I, I actually kind of liked that, yeah. um, like that part about it. But as for the actual story and what happens, um, yeah, it, it was fun. Like I said before, I enjoy mystical magical stuff. Um, Greek mythology is something I've got a kind of a, a passing interest in. So yeah, I found it found it interesting and um, enjoyable enough to, to spend, you know, the 15, 20 minutes it took me to read it. What about yourself? Yeah, I think um, I think with Philip Madden, who's the writer, I think his style is very like that, where it's very quick paced. Like, yeah. you know, he like what, with what you were saying there, he doesn't fluff between panels. And I think that's one thing I do like about Philip Madden is that he can impact, he can put in a lot of story inside of 30-odd pages. Yeah. Um, now, to me, now, whenever I read a comic, I always look, and I know this is bad, but I always do, I always look at the last couple of pages. Oh. I do it when I, when, <laughs> I, um, when I'm watching TV shows or movies. I'll read the plot and then I'll watch it. Oh, okay. um, 
And so on the on the last page, I see Brother Simon, and he looks the most shiftiest guy. Like he's got those shifty <laughs> eyes. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> and so throughout the whole story, I'm thinking, okay, where's the twist where he's going to turn bad? Um, and it didn't happen. And I'm I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know whether you know whether he is bad, and they're gonna have a follow-up story where we're going to find out is bad or whether it's just the way his eyes were drawn. But I'm, I'm waiting for the story where he turns bad so I can say I picked it. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got very shifty eyes. And I remember a, um, uh, it was a, a Lee Fork Sky Barry story with uh, Rex King. And um, he's looking at some guy who's trying to take over the kingdom. And Rex remembers the phantom saying be, be wary of everyone who's got shifty eyes mm. and and he's got shifty eyes so <laughs> let's let's see if something happens yeah actually there was a couple of things i thought might happen in the book that didn't um the main the main villain um whose name completely escapes me at the moment um oh, what was his name uh kizil khan Kizil Khan, that was his name. For the for the first uh, several times we see him, we never get a good look at his face. Um, the first time we see him, he's in the distance. Um, then he puts a gas mask on. Then when he's revealing himself um, to have been in the costume of that old man, he's taking the mask off and we only see the top of his face. We don't see the bottom. So I was convinced yeah. that when we finally see who this guy is, there'd be some sort of big reveal that he'd been, you know, disfigured or, you know, he's, I don't know, something. But no, nah, he's just a regular dude and that's how they decided to draw it, which I felt was a bit, a bit of a letdown. Um, and he yeah. got sucked into the portal as well. Yes, and he gets sucked into the portal at, at the end, which I thought was kind of a easy way out, to be honest. Um, yeah, because he seemed like a pretty diabolical type of person, so you know maybe it would have been worth keeping around. Yeah, and I mean the the Gorgons are supposed to be evil, so why would they have wanted to kill him if he was helping them, you know, have dominion over the world? It just that that kind of didn't make sense. Um, your your it's a very it's a very phantom thing where you get rid of the char- the evil characters really quick. Yeah. Unlike American, where you know they they've got more lives than a cat. You <laughs> yeah. know, Batman or Superman can kill them, and then you know next issue they've survived for, for you know somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's very few recurring villains in the Phantom, which um I think is one of one of the if I had to say it, one of the things I don't like about the character. I'd like to have a few more recurring villains. We've got kind of the Sing Brotherhood. We've got Babaloo. And that's kind of it, really. I suppose, you know, the vultures have shown up once or twice. And if you're looking at the um, Scandinavian stuff, you've got Mabunga and things like that. But it's a very small recurring um, villain cast. But anyway, that's probably, mm. probably neither here nor there. for another day. Yeah. Um, one thing I will comment on, though, um, having talked about the difference of art between how it looks in Fru and how it looks in the coloured Scandinavian comics. Um, I can't comment on the coloured stuff because I haven't seen it, but 
Bates artwork in black and white has just this issue has cemented for me that I'm really not a fan of his stuff. It just uh I, I don't really know how to describe it, but things just look so angular. All his characters look ugly. Um, that girl, the professor's daughter, there's various frames where it looks like she's pretty much just a skull with lips. Um, <laughs> the Phantom looks like he's made out of a whole bunch of boxes that have just been strapped together in the rough outline of a human figure. It's just, yeah. I mean, I know this guy's a professional artist and all that, so obviously someone has seen talent in his work. I'm sure there are people out there that like it, but, yeah, he doesn't do it for me at all. Having said he's- that... Though. His earlier stuff is really nice. Yeah? Having said yeah, that, his though, earliest... his, his um, frame on page 8, top left-hand um, corner, the panel with the battle in it, that's that's really nice. That's probably my favourite frame in the whole issue. But the rest of it, no. Nah. <laughs> it just does not do it for me at all. And in the, in the scene on page 9 where um, the villain is shooting the Phantom with... Uh, that sleeping gas stuff. The villain looks considerably taller than the Phantom, although they're supposed to be on the same plane, so I don't know how that works either. Um, maybe the guy's just a giant. But then in future frames, he looks smaller than the Phantom, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe we should just move on to the next crew issue then. Yeah, probably should. <laughs> um, so that's the two... 2013 Christmas special, which has got the Mandrake's Bond Voyage, which is a crossover with the fan and the Mandrake, mm-hmm. and the Unknown Commander Parts 1 and Parts 2. Now, I think we'll touch on the Unknown Commanders Part 1 and Parts 2, because I think most of the discussion will be on the uh, Phantom and Mandrake story. Yeah. Um, I love this story. This is one of my favourite stories. It is the, good, uh, isn't it? The Unknown Commander Part 1 Part 2. Now, it was published in Fru, by Fru in 1988, so you do the maths, that's, what, 90, that's about almost 20 years, about 15 years, I think it is, quick yep, maths. That sounds about right. No, sorry, it's 25 years. Uh, I'm not a maths professor. Thanks, <laughs> um, us. Now, the story, the story I really enjoy, now, this is George Best, the artwork. Now, this artwork was done for black and white, and I think that's why this, it does look good. Now, the the thing that... One of the things I've been the most critical about through is their reproduction of the old stories, mm-hmm. where on my issue, there's only one page that has faded black. Um, oh, okay. And then there's one panel on page 70, which is where the blacks aren't black and the whites aren't white. But everything else is is pretty good. I'm happy with the way they've produced the comic. Yeah. Or produced the story. And, and so I'm pretty wrapped about that. Um, so I think they've done a great job in, in being faithful to that story. Um, now, I guess we've got the crossover story, which um, I guess... First of all, there's the cover. There's the cover where the mandrake's wearing green. Yeah, that, that um, took me a bit by surprise. Now, from what I understand, now this may be changing with Steve Shepard, um, but the artist doesn't actually do the colouring. Is that it's done by the printer. 
So okay. I think that might be why he is green on the front and back cover. And why has he got a red cape? Yes. So he does have a red cape. I'm pretty. I think. I think the inlay of the cape is red, and the outside of it is black, if I remember correctly. Okay, because um, because it's red. It's red on on both sides on the yeah. cape. The the cover I actually enjoy. Yeah. yeah, it looks fun, which I think is what it should be for a Christmas special. Oh no, I'm wrong. It, it should look fun. It is red on both sides. Sorry, I just looked up okay. um, one of my Mandrake comics here, and yes, it's red on both sides. So it's just the the green costume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, green's not Mandrake's colour. <laughs> no, not at all. I thought maybe they were going for some poorly Christmas. done Christmas thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, um, and the this, Phantom should be in green too, you know. Yeah, or at least, uh, what's yeah, yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> but the story, I actually, the story personally, I enjoyed. Like it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a story that's deep and meaningful. Whereas you know, rescuing things, it's 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 meant to be fun. Um, and I get that impression in reading this story. And I think Terry Beatty's artwork is supposed to be fun as well. Like, you know, he, yeah. um, the way he draws things, it's, it's enjoyable to read. Um, you know, he's got pretty girls, he's got guns, you've got guys beating up stuff and, you know, it's a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, it's interesting you say that about some the Some of the uh, printing of the story... Some of the printing of the story isn't the, at the best. Like it looks like it's like page twenty-eight. It looks like it's been blown up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another couple of panels um, where I think the Phantom uh, page fifteen. It's all where Phantom Mandrake and Diana and uh, Nadia are by the beach or by the pool. It's a bit faded. So there's some stuff that looks pay, uh, faded, but and page eleven looks really bad. Mm. Like the girl that's got her hair, it's like all the all the hair's like white white outed out. Yeah. So like you can't actually tell the difference between where the hair starts and where the hair ends. Yeah. And yeah. the guy's cap, the guy's cap is missing as well, um, which I think is a bit of a disservice because. You know, it's a, it's a fun story, and the printing's not the best. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about the uh, the art and the, the printing. Maybe they've, you know, blown it up or whatever. Because I was looking through the issue as I was reading it, and I was thinking, I remember Terry Beatty's stuff looking a lot nicer than this. And I went back and had a look at some of his other stuff and Googled his artwork online, and it it does. There's something, I don't know whether it's, it's the print quality of the issue of the... Um, squish the panels to fit them into um, the comic book format rather than the more traditionally landscape newspaper format or what, but there's something about it that it just looks a little out. It just doesn't look as good as some of his previous work. Um, so maybe that's the reason. Maybe they've played around with it to get it to fit into that um, yeah. into that issue, and that's why. Which is a shame because, you know, there, there are Terry ways... Does, yeah. Terry does mix up the panels a lot. Mm. Uh, he's not your traditional, you know, your traditional, you know, three by three by two 
Sunday artist. You know, he does big panels and double panels and there's even some where he's done like four panels and, you know, four panels merged as one. So it's, um, yeah, he, he likes to break it and I, and I like, um, yeah. One thing I did find funny, which I think is part of the, the fun, is that guy trying to guess who the Phantom is. Yeah, yeah, that, I thought that was a nice little touch, that. Um, and then, like, Mandrake gives him a couple, gives him, you know, three names, and then he's like, nah, you know, then the guy's like, nah, it's not those. Um, you know, it's not the Phantom who goes to walks of the Guardian of the Eastern Dark. I, I like that because it adds a little bit of law, you know, Phantom lore to the story. It's a bit of fun, you know, you can have a bit of a laugh about it, and I, I like that. Um, so, you know, the, uh, the, the writer and the artist, I think, deserve uh, some a tick for that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that that was good. That gave me a bit of a chuckle. I thought it was cool. Cool. So, um, yeah, that's all the issues for the moment. The next one oh, is... I just want to... Um, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to quickly... I'm not going to give any uh, spoiler alerts with King's Watch, but <laughs> King's Watch 3, for me, was my has been my favourite one of the three so far. Oh, yes, that's, um, that came out. Now, yeah, that came out. Now, there's, I'm not, you know, there's just a few things I want to um, mention, and that is that there's a, a couple of times they mention Defender of the Earth. Oh, so nice. there's a little bit of a, um, uh, a little bit of a hint, or a little bit of a, you know, homage to the old TV series, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also. There's um, several phantoms fighting in one scene. And so instead of it being several phantoms, apparent phantom, like there's Julie Walker fighting, there's uh, some phantoms that looks like he looks a bit like a, a samurai, a samurai cross with Zorro um, fighting. And, you know, so like there's that kind of nice touch. And then there's, and then you see Mandrake's um, wife which ah. is probably the biggest twist. Um, it's, got the, it's probably the biggest twist, in my opinion, is seeing Mandrake's wife, and it'll be interesting to see how that ties into the story. Ah, oh, nice. Cool. Yes, I, um, I really need to hear that. We'll see, yeah. But that's all I'm going to mention of the story. We can talk about the rest of it later. Yeah, well, we'll definitely be doing that three and four um, episode, so yeah, we can get into it when we do that. Cool. Okay, so is there anything else uh, you'd like to discuss this episode? Um, I guess there's the the sneak peek for everyone to listen out and be prepared to. Uh, I, I think we're teeing up at the moment with uh, Bradley Peach oh, yep. to um, discuss Gus, his uh, Phantom Museum exhibition that's being in February. So yep. I think we're aiming at having that in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll so, hopefully get that up soon, uh, as long as just got to figure out everyone's availability, but hopefully, like Jermaine says, we'll have that up soon. So that will be interesting. Um, and then I guess if there's anyone out there that has any ideas on what they would like us to touch on or discuss on the Phantom Forum, just to um, let us know, uh, email the website 
um, or get in contact with us individually, just because we're always open to ideas and what we can discuss. Yep. Yeah, good point. Yeah, anything at all that you'd like us to cover on the podcast here, just uh, let us know because we're, as Jermaine says, always open to suggestions. Um, yeah, so that was something else I was going to mention and now I can't think of it. But yes, anyone that has any ideas, any, even uh, feedback for the podcast, if there's anything you'd like that you want to see more of, anything you don't like that you think we should cut out, um, yes, j- just just let us know via email or Facebook or Twitter or any of those other social media things that we're on. Okay. Anything else to cover, Jermaine? No, I'm, I'm pretty it? happy. Right, we'll yeah. try and get it under an hour and a half. Yes, we, we, I said this was going to be short, and, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right, well, uh, thank you once again, everybody, for listening, for listening to this sixth episode of Chronicle, uh, of X-Band presented by Chronicle Chamber. Um, this will be our last episode before Christmas, so I hope everyone has a very happy Christmas and holiday or whatever holiday it may be that you celebrate, whether it is Christmas or Hanukkah or summer solstice or whatever it may be that you're celebrating in the next couple of yes. days. Uh, um, a lot of the Santa Clauses have been shouting uh, happy shopping. Um, <laughs> Well, happy spending, so happy spending, everyone. Yes, happy spending. Oh, God, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> the money you get. I actually sat down and looked at all the presents I bought people the other day and thought, how the hell did I spend that much money? But anyway, hopefully someone will get me some phantom stuff to make up for it. Okay, well, that'll do us, I think, for this episode. Thank you again, Jermaine, for joining me. No worries. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and... Um, Merry Christmas to everyone. Yep, Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll catch you sometime soon after Christmas. All right, guys, see you later.